Hello. Hi, is this spa? Yes. Hey, uh, I was wondering how much do you charge for a, a massage? 30 minutes, 60, 45 minutes, 80, one hour, 100. One hour, 100? Do you guys have a special massage? No, just a body massage, table shower. Okay. Do I have to wear a mask? Uh, we have some. You have masks? Yeah, you have the appointment. Just the body massage, but not yes. full body massage? No. I can't get a special massage. Oh, no. We don't do that. Special. No, we don't do that. Sorry. It's, it's my birthday. Can I get a special massage? Yeah. Bye. Come on. Special massage. No. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> that means, uh, come on in. <laughs> <sighs> We're assholes. <laughs> <laughs> Coming to you from high atop the mendacious building in beautiful downtown Chattanooga. It's the Balderdash Syndicate. And now here's your hosts, Chip and James. Chip. I'm not James. Merry fucking Christmas. Yep. Or what Happy Thanksgiving. Something like that. We don't know. We're unprepared. Yeah, very. I fucking I'm wondering like are, do you do anything for um April Fool's Day? Have you done I did anything? something today. For April Fool's Day? <laughs> I did. That'll teach a fucker. <laughs> <laughs> it was unintentional. So uh, so me and my me and my buddy build cars and trucks together, like me and him. Right. So basically what's mine is his and what's his is mine. I got a transmission that he's picking up a new converter for, <clears throat> but he needed the core. And so I told him, I said, all right, well, I'll bring it to you. This is yesterday. I said, all right, well, I'll bring it to you tomorrow. You know, tomorrow morning I'll bring it and drop it off at your house. He said, okay. So I get up and I get ready to go and I get the kids in the car. And then I run down and I grab the converter and throw it in the back of the car. My wife says, where, where does that have to go? And I said, well, I got to take it to his house. I said, but if we don't have time, I might just stop by his work and put it in the back of his truck. So we didn't have time, and we were going by the place where he works for a county, right. a county road department. And so we stopped by there at the workhouse, and I see his truck in the back of the parking lot. So we pull in, pull back there, and I open the back of the car to get this converter out to sit in the back of his truck. And I asked my wife, I said, hey, do you have a pen and a piece of paper? And she said, yeah, let me look. Well, I've got a pen, and I'm setting this in the back of his truck. She says, I've got a pen. I don't have a piece of paper. She said, oh, i got a piece of cardboard here. I said, okay. I said, can you write a note on it? She said, well, yeah, what are you doing just telling him that you left that in the back of his truck? I said, no. Uh, will you write um, a nice truck, asshole, learn how to park it? Right. And she was like, uh, okay. So she writes it on there, and I stick it right above his door handle. I jam it down in the window. Uh-huh. And we get in the car and we leave. And so, you know, I've been home since like two o'clock and I've been like weed eating and planting flowers and stuff. And I forgot about the whole thing. Yeah. Uh, so he messages me. This is just like an hour and a half ago. He messaged me and he said, you son of a bitch. <laughs> and then he called me and I read the message and I was like, I still didn't know what he was talking about because I completely forgot about it. Right. And then he's calling me and he's like, you left this note on my truck, didn't you? And I then I remember and I start laughing. I'm just like, not dying laughing, just like, yeah, that was me kind of, you know, giggling. And he said, you motherfucker. He said, I took this note back in there in the garage and I told all those old men in there. I cussed them all and said, whoever left this on my fucking truck, I was going to beat the shit out of them. And I made them all write their names down on a fucking piece of paper. <laughs> it made a big deal about it. And everybody in there is like laughing at him. Like, hey. you know, somebody was fucking with you and you all think it's us. It's not us. So everybody in there is laughing at me. He's like, quit fucking laughing. <laughs> I figure out who done this. And he was like, fuck y'all. I'm, I'm just going home. I'm going home. And there was a dude parked next to to him and he went up to him he said you leave this on my fucking truck and he said no he said if i find out you left this shit on my truck i'm fucking spray painting your truck tomorrow uh. so he's threatened everybody and made everybody write their names on a fucking piece of paper <laughs> and then he said when he went back to his truck to throw his shit in the bed he saw a garbage
garbage bag back there and opened it up and it was like converter from my transmission. Yeah. <laughs> and then he realized it was me. April Fools. <laughs> That's pretty good. He said, I didn't showed my ass and cussed out everybody I work with and caused a big scene. You fucking asshole. I want to get drunk and start hitting on cops around town. You should do that. <laughs> we need it. to start following all their Facebook pages and telling them stuff. The police? Yeah. They like that. There's some pretty good ones. I follow the one. I've gotten into arguments with fucking like cops down where I'm from in Florida on their Facebook pages. About what? Just everything. Oh, yeah. Okay. Fucking taking bribes. Taking bribes. <laughs> Taking bribes. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. Anderson yeah, yeah. Cooper sent Anderson Cooper's paying you guys to write me tickets. <laughs> <laughs> That's what all the shit like on that FBI page is like. Oh. <laughs> Did you ever go and look at that? Uh uh-uh. Oh God, it's so funny. There's new shit on there every day. Yep. And it's like, hey, how can I get in touch with like the CEO of the FBI? <laughs> the CEO. I want to report my neighbor. I know they're cooking meth in the treehouse in the backyard. Just a bunch of shit like that. That's fucking awesome. I love I love crazy people. You know the fucking dude? Uh the you know who the naked cowboy is? Mm-mm. He's a dude that fucking plays guitar in Times Square in his underwear and cowboy <laughs> oh, boots. Yeah. That yeah, fucking yeah, yeah. dude. Gotcha. Well, at some point he he started fucking like doing the blue man group where he's just fucking like, you can be the naked cowboy too. Like fucking kind of like, like would let people for a fucking fee be the naked cowboy. And what they do is they just get tips. Right. Yeah. So it's spring break in Florida and got fucking cold in New York. So he went to Daytona beach and he got arrested. <laughs> he got arrested for fucking um, like aggressive panhandling or some shit like that. Whatever the fucking thing was that they arrested him for, it was for like panhandling. Yeah. And then they got him for resisting arrest without violence or some shit like that. So uh, what what essentially happened was they 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 he pleaded out to the fucking the panhandling went away and he just pleaded guilty to no contest to the fucking charges of uh, resisting. Yeah. So it was like a time served two hundred fifty dollar fucking fine. Yeah, yeah, that's what you get for going to fucking Florida on spring break, motherfucker. I didn't know there were laws in Florida. No, there's there's laws, and there's a very militarized fucking police force in Florida to enforce them, especially Broward County. Oh fuck yeah, <laughs> Broward don't fuck around. Broward used to be a sleepy little fucking town, pretty much for a long time, and then um, this guy Nick Navarro came in, Sheriff Nick Navarro came in, and he started fucking he, he fucking. He he hired all of these goons, these big fucking ex-football player motherfuckers that were all steroided out that would just beat the shit out of people for no reason. Yeah. So you go down there on spring break and it was just these big-ass cops fucking people up. Yeah. I, I had several of my friends in the hospital because of these fucking dudes. Um, and then he went out and he bought a military uh, – he bought a helicopter from the French military because they needed to keep an eye on the beach. It's this giant fucking like Huey fucking helicopter fucking all fucking with gun ports and shit and fucking they're just cruising the beach during spring break. So he went hardcore and eventually he got voted out and he opened a fucking uh, like a private security uh, thing, private private security firm. So the the, then he uh, back in the 80s, they had this thing against two live crew for uh, obscenity laws. Yeah. Fucking Uncle Luke was a. Uncle Luke used to go around the fucking, uh, there's a big flea market down there called the, it's a South Florida swap shop, you mm-hmm. know, Thunderbird drive-in and shit. Um, and he used to walk around there selling fucking mixtapes of, of, or not mixtapes, but his tapes mm-hmm. to live crew at, just out of his fucking car trunk. But then they got big and these obscenity laws started coming into effect where they like, uh, yeah, if he gets up here and starts playing that Pop the Coochie song one more time or fucking that's the I think that's the beginning of the whole twerking craze with him. But they they threatened to arrest him, said like if you come here and fucking pull that shit, we're gonna arrest you. So he was playing at this club down the street from my apartment, two live crew was. Yeah. And they let them drive away from the fucking club and then pulled their limo over in the parking lot of my apartment building and busted them and it made national fucking news. Wow. And I was standing there watching the whole thing. Uncle Luke getting fucking hauled into jail. Pretty absurd. Yeah. So you a big fan of Two Life Crew? No, I just think it's fucking funny. I don't think, I, I, I mean. You don't like their music? No. No, I mean. Because they're black? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not why. I don't really care for their music either. No. Some songs are all right, just because of, cause they're catchy. Not, yeah, know, nothing else. That's about it. I like a lot of uh, Wu-Tang Clan shit. Yeah. yeah, I'm sure you do. I do. I've like seen your shirt. Yeah. What shirt? 
The Wu Tang Clan shirt. I don't have a Wu Tang Clan shirt, do I? Oh, it's a different clan. Sorry. <laughs> <sighs> That's two in a row. <laughs> <laughs> haven't even made it to beer time. Oh man. Uh, yeah, uh, s- speaking of famous rappers, let's let's Master it. P. Let's bring that topic back uh, up. <laughs> yeah, I think we I think we missed minutes. a couple things between ages like six and seven. We can go back to. <laughs> Here we go. one of my favorite intros is it yeah it's so good yeah. I, it's just good because i know the story behind it <laughs> <laughs> okay so i'm not even gonna start with the birthday the birthday is today so this family james and flossie moved their family from baker's to bakersfield california from oklahoma for good for good and they bought a box car james bought a box car from Mariana Bona for $500 and they were making payments of $10 a month. He was working for the railroad line and the idea was to live in the boxcar mm-hmm. while they were building a house on some land because they were also <laughs> buying some land at the time. So they moved into the boxcar while construction continued on September 15th of 1935. So James adds a front bedroom to the boxcar, a screened in back porch, and later he enclosed and converted a second bedroom and a breakfast nook. So the living room, kitchen, bathroom were all fashioned out of the boxcar itself. It was supposed to be temporary until they could build a bigger home on their Oildale, California lot. So they had moved to California during the Great Depression after their barn burned down. And then when they moved there on April 6, 1937, their baby boy Merle fucking Haggard was born. Merle fucking Haggard. Yeah. That's his middle name. Fucking Haggard. Fucking Haggard. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. Greatest rapper of all time. Yeah. So he here's the deal. That boxcar stayed there on that land forever. And then it was moved eventually before Merle died, he was invited back to the boxcar and they put it in a railroad museum. They took it all. They dismantled the whole house, mm-hmm. just pulled out the boxcar, put the boxcar all back together again. And then Merle got to go to the to the museum and put it and, and say where he wanted it at the railroad museum. Sweet. Wow. So the boxcar that Merle was born in mm-hmm. is at this fucking railroad museum. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, March 16th, 1940, uh, a deed is recorded with Kern County Recorder's Office, transferring ownership of the property at 1303 Yosemite Drive from Mariana Bona to James and F. Flossie Haggard. And in 1946, just six years after that, James Merle's father dies. By the end of 1951, Merle had been arrested for truancy as well as petty larceny. He was writing bad checks. He was 11 years old in 1952. He was he was 11 years old, and he was sent to a uh, the Fred C. Nils School for Boys in California. His mom dropped just take basically took him. It's like a boys' home. Yeah, to, yeah. it was a yeah. Uh, in the beginning of 1952, oh, in 1956, he married Leona Hobbs, um, and the couple moved into his family's home, the old converted boxcar. So at 11, so how old is he when he gets married? 52, he was 11, and and four years later, so he's like 15 years old. Yeah. Yeah, he got married early. Uh, throughout 1957, he was plagued by financial problems, which led him to to attempt a to burglarize a roadhouse. Mm-hmm. So now we flip over to Johnny Cash. His most famous prison appearances were in 1968 and 1969 at the Folsom State Prison in San Quentin Prison, right? The ones that he recorded. Yeah. But these concerts weren't the first time Johnny played at a correctional institution. His first ever was in New Year's Day, 1958, at the San Quentin Prison in California. And a 20-year-old Merle Haggard was in the audience. Uh, after a few run-ins with the law and being arrested for for the first time at age 11 and after having having participated in 17 jailbreaks, <laughs> Merle Haggard got sentenced to 15 years for burglary in 1957 to the notorious California lockup. He was just 18 
at the time when he got sentenced. Merle ended up only serving two years of his sentence, though, in part because Johnny Ca- because the Johnny Con- Johnny Cash concert changed his life. At that time, Haggard was conspiring with his cellmate Rabbit on an escape plan, number 18. But Merle's fellow cellmates convinced him he had a brighter future in country music, and Rabbit, Rabbit eventually did escape killed a cop, and ended up back at St. Quentin on death row. So Merle could have easily, if it wasn't for Johnny Cash inspiring him in St. Quentin, he could have easily ended up on fucking death row with his roommate yeah. Rabbit. Yeah. <laughs> so good friends are important. Yeah. <laughs> Especially when they're Johnny Cash. Yeah. He, he recorded his first album in 1962. He gets out of prison. A few years later, he records an album. In 1965, he released I'm Gonna Break Every Heart I Can. And it wasn't a success, but his single Swinging Doors was a smash hit. It reached number five in the spring of 66. In 68, he had two number one hits, Bonnie and Clyde and Mama Tried. And the number three, I take a lot of pride in what I am, as well as four albums. In in 1969, he released three singles, Hungry Eyes, Working Man Blues, and Okie from Muskogee. All three reached number one. Uh, So basically, he took off. He mm-hmm. got out of prison and just fucking took off. Uh, in 1969, Haggard recorded one of his biggest albums, Live from Muskogee, from Muskogee Civic Center. The album earned Haggard the ACM and CMA Album of the Year. By the 70s, Haggard was aligned with a, the growing outlaw country mo- movement and continued to release successful albums through the 1990s into the 2000s. In 1972, Governor Ronald Reagan pardoned all of his past crimes that he had done, and he was so touched he even mentioned it when he performed for President Reagan 10 years later. At the concert, he said, I hope the president will be as pleased with my performance today as I am with his pardon 10 years ago. Uh, in 1982, Haggard played at the Tulsa Honky Tonk Duke's Country with a 10-piece band for a crowd that danced to his Western classics. Uh, from 93 to 85, he continued to score number one hits, including the number one duet with Willie Nelson singing Poncho and Lefty. He has fucking recorded in his lifetime 38 Number one hits, right? Damn. Yeah, yeah, that's a lot. He was inducted into the Country Hall Music, the Country Music Hall of Fame in 1994 and the Oklahoma Music Hall of Fame in 97. He also made the Guinness Book of World Records after buying 5,095 drinks of Canadian Club for an entire bar. The bill was over $12,000 and it became the largest round of drinks ever purchased. I think we can beat that one day. I, yeah. I think we can. So he uh, is fucking Merle Haggard. That's about it, man. Well, that leaves only me to blame my mama tried. 
Daddy Merle. Happy birthday, Merle. This is a lot of information there. He did a lot of shit. He was born in a boxcar, went to yeah. fucking prison. He's been in, he's been, was in trouble with the law since fucking 11 years 11. old. Ended up in prison and Johnny Cash fucking turned him around. It's crazy that Johnny Cash makes you turn your life around. <laughs> yeah. Well, according to him, when Johnny Cash went and played those fucking shows, he was basically, Johnny Cash would get up on stage and basically do to the guards everything that the guys in the jail wanted to do the guards he'd flip them off yeah tell them to get the fuck off stage leave this guy alone fuck and they'd listen to him yeah so by the end of the fucking show everybody in the prison didn't matter if they were black white whatever yeah loved fucking johnny cash because he was just you know he was yeah. one of them you know what i mean man of the people yes yeah and that's what haggard <laughs> spent his entire fucking life doing he is fucking like the songwriter of the working man yeah do you like johnny cash yeah you like yeah. Merle haggard yeah <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> I do. I like. I like old country. The new country is. Uh, what was it like? There's a Merle Haggard Award that was, I guess, going to be given out, and they wanted to give it. To, I think they. I don't know how the story goes, but I think they wanted to give it to Sturgill Simpson. Uh huh. And he basically said, you know, Merle Haggard didn't like you, country, you fucking Nashville motherfuckers, either, and just yep. and didn't fucking accept the award. Yep. Which is true. Merle Haggard fucking didn't want nothing to do with Nashville. There's there's a couple that do. Um, one of my favorite artists, uh, Upchurch. He does a lot of he does a lot of different kinds of music. Mm -hmm. He does like he's done some like rock music, like rap country music, and then just regular country music. Yeah, he won't have nothing to do with Nashville, and they want him really fucking bad. That's how he has a Lamborghini, and that's how he got it. What? Oh, because they fucking tried. That's to how buy bad. Him? They, that's how bad they wanted him. Um. He was taking checks from people, cars, uh, vacations, all kinds of shit. Because everyone's like, yeah, we want you to come and sign on with us. He's like, what's in it for me? And they're like, well, you know, we'll put your, you know, you go on like a month-long vacation overseas or wherever the fuck you want. We'll buy you a Lamborghini, this, that. He was like, well, I'm not going to do nothing until I see that stuff first. Right. And then he'd get back and get a car or whatever in his name. He's like, nah, I'm good. And then talks about it all the time. He don't. Uh, Luke Combs was another one. Luke Combs was kind of like him, just an independent artist with like number one hits. That was an issue not too long ago. Uh, Upchurch and Luke Combs did a song together called uh, Outlaw. Right. And it's a song about like Willie Nelson, Merrill Haggard, Johnny Cash. And it's basically making fun of all this new like pop country music. Yeah, they're not fucking and, songwriters. Yeah. And this is kind of like a rap song. It's like a country rap song. Yeah. But it's like it's outlaw music is what it is. And I, won't, I won't say that they're not songwriters. They're pop fucking songwriters who yes. are trying to cash in on country yes. stars. Like fucking Kid Rock who shows up in Nashville. Yes. And the mayor, <laughs> he was going to be, I guess they were like a Thanksgiving Day parade or some shit like that. And he was supposed to be, Merle, uh, not Merle, fucking uh, Kid Rock was supposed to be like the master of ceremonies for the fucking parade. And there was an outcry of like, fuck that. That dude's not going to be it, right? <laughs> so they fucking did away with him being it. So what he did, what, what Kid Rock did, and I was there at the time, he went to the fucking Walmart and paid off everybody's fucking layaway and started yeah. doing shit like that in town, trying to get in everybody's good graces. He's trying to buy his way into Nashville. Yeah. Kid Rock started off as a kid fucking sending in rap tapes to Howard Stern. Yeah. He's not a fucking country star. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like as much as much as he'd like to be. His character in Joe Dirt, <laughs> not really a character. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> I think Kid Rock's pretty cool. Yeah, I he think looks like he smells like the inside of a trucker's hat at fucking <laughs> GQ Spa. <laughs> he smokes Newport menthols for sure. <laughs> yeah. uh, but anyway, so Up Church and Luke Combs did that song Outlaw. And now uh, Luke Combs has signed on to some music label in Nashville. And now they're... Uh, they asked Upchurch to take down that song because there's a bunch of Confederate flags and shit in it. They asked him if they if he would take down the song because it has Luke Combs in it. He said, "No, you can go fuck yourself." And they were like, "Well, you're you know we're really asking you to do this because you know he's signed out. He doesn't want to be associated with anything like a Confederate flag." Who do, who did, what? This is Upchurch and uh, Luke Combs. Right. Luke Combs did the song like Hurricane or whatever it is. Yeah. It was real big all over the radio. That's it. No idea. Yeah. Anyways, so, I don't know who any of these people are. So they, I stopped listening to like like Merle Haggard is about my cutoff. Well, they were asking him <laughs> take the song down. There's Confederate flags in it, and we don't want him to be associated with anything like that because he signed our big fancy music label here in Nashville. Right, and he said, "No, go fuck yourself. That's my music. I'm not taking it down. He's welcome. I let him come be on my song. Right. If it wasn't for that, he wouldn't have went any further. Y'all wouldn't even know about him." 
Right. And he said, but yeah, if he wants to be like that. So then Luke Combs contacted him and said, hey, can you please take that song down? He said, no, dude, I'm not taking the fucking song down. He said, the best I'll do is I'll take your fucking name off the song. Huh. He said, he's still in the music video and everything. The song's still up, but pretty wow. crazy. Yeah. Yeah, pretty sad. I don't give a fuck what you say. Country music is shit that you play in bars and fucking you're talking to people. You're not talking to, you know, you're not a voice for the corporation. Yeah. And that's all it is. It's like, 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 uh, Merle said, fucking, he says, all they're doing is talking about fucking on people's tailgates. He said that every fucking country song is dirt roads, tailgates, beer, fucking like yeah. those the are the things left. I've got the dog. That's it. Yeah. We don't, Stupid. we don't want to hear about shit other than yeah, those subjects. And if it doesn't have those subjects, it's just not going to sell. Zach Brown band. What do you think about them? I have no idea. Good. Jason Aldean. I don't, I don't gay. know. Okay, I good. Know. Kenny Chesney. No idea. Also gay. Good. Darius Rucker. Is Darius Rucker the dude from fucking, the Bluefish? In, that fucking the Miami Dolphins make him cry? <laughs> Brad Paisley. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. The, the Miami Dolphins make fucking Darius Rucker cry. You ever heard that fucking song? No. The, the Hootie and the Blowfish song? No. <sighs> okay. That's for later, though. Yeah, he's from. He's a Miami guy, I think. I gotta, I gotta look that up. Keith Urban. Either. I don't know. Uh, Reba McIntyre. Uh, isn't she work here? What? Doesn't she work for you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, my pest control lady. Yeah. <laughs> I like Reba McIntyre. She's pretty cool. Uh, did she have a show? She a little redhead that has her own show? <laughs> yeah, she did. Probably a thousand years ago. Okay, like I said, my cutoff is about Merle. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Luke Bryan. Is Luke Bryan from fucking Vero? I don't know. I think Luke Bryan is from Vero Beach, uh, Florida. I don't know. I feel like that, too. I think he is. I think if he is who I think he is, uh, maybe not. I don't know. You like Rascal Flats? No, Luke Bryan's not from Vero Beach. What's a guy's name that's from fucking Vero Beach, Florida? Is it Brad Paisley? Is Brad pa Paisley the guy that does the insurance commercials? Uh, yeah, it is. He's a good guitar player. Yeah. What, that's yeah. about all I know about him. Toby Keith. I like Toby Keith a lot. I'll fight anybody Jake that Owen. Like Toby Keith. Jake Owen. Oh, yeah, I know you don't know. Jake Owen... Uh, <laughs> The only reason I know who he is is because he would come, he comes to town. He's, he graduated from a high school down the street mm -hmm. and he come back every year to play fucking some concert and everybody goes fucking crazy. And then he's got like a, he signed on to, to uh, sponsor a fucking tennis tournament in town. Yeah. That sounds like something he would do. And then he, I think at, at one point he started holding the festival in town, him and the fucking rock of love douche. Um, yeah. Oh, what the fuck is his name? He, I don't know. He wears one of them bandanas yeah. with the hair attached to it. Yes. <laughs> I fucking can't remember his name, but I sat next to him during a concert one time. I can't fucking remember his name. What did he smell like? I don't know. He smelled like fucking disappointment. <laughs> I, <laughs> Sadness, and, regret. Yeah, I don't even know any. Shame. I don't know any Jake Owen songs. I just know that he showed up and everybody, all the fucking kids were like, ah, Jake Owen. So what's your favorite country song? I love a lot of Willie Nelson. Do you? I can see that. Yeah. You look kind of like him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, Whiskey River, fucking all the big ones. It's a good song. Whalen. I love fucking Whalen Jennings. And you know who I like is... Uh, David Allen Coe. No. I, well, I've, I've seen him a few times. I like some of his songs. Some of his songs I've seen good. him a few times at the meetings. <laughs> <laughs> um, some of his songs are pretty good. Yeah. He plays he plays Daytona Beach like every year. Does he? Yeah. He fucking he's, still, he's still alive, isn't he? He, he needs help getting to the stage, but Does he's he? still kicking. Yeah. I am. Yeah. That's awesome, though. He gets up there, they put him on a fucking stool, and he's got dreadlocks <laughs> down to his fucking ankles. Yeah. They also have, oh, what the fuck's his name? One of my favorites, and he got sucked into the whole thing for a while there, is fucking Jerry Reed. Hmm. The fucking, he's, he's, uh, he's the snowman. Fucking Jerry Reed from Smokey and the Bandit. Oh, yeah, I know who you're talking about, huh? Yeah. He was massive, and he is one of the best guitar players out there. Uh, was. He's not alive anymore. But he's fucking amazing guitar player. Fucking Amos Moses. Really good fucking musicians. You like George Strait? Yeah. I like George Strait. Um, you like Hank Williams Jr.? I have been. I have seen Hank Williams Jr. more than I've seen anybody. Do you like Hank Williams Sr.? Hank Williams Sr., uh, I like his... He's kind of a balladeer. He's not like he's... You know what I mean? Like yeah. He's not, he's not like that outlaw country fucking... Yeah. He's, that, gotcha. he's real old school fucking... A uh, lot of his songs are like poems. Yeah. yeah. He's a very good writer. Yes. Yeah. 
Now, supposedly, he's, his last show was in Knoxville. He was at a radio station on the top of one of the buildings in downtown Knoxville, and his assistant was driving him home, and he fucking, I don't know if he got in a car accident or what, but he died after that show, like Damn. right immediately after that show. And then his driver had to text everybody and let him know, you're not even fucking going to. Yeah, I fucking, yeah. <laughs> okay. He died in 53. Yeah. Was he using an iPhone? Or an Android. Is <laughs> <laughs> it fucking Nokia? <laughs> Nokia. Yeah. One of those backpack phones. <laughs> yeah, I was in the middle of typing that. You said, yeah, then the driver or text everyone and tell them. And I was trying to finish typing that before I lost my train of thought. <laughs> but in my head, I was going, what the fuck are you talking about? Say <laughs> Fool's Day, man. I got to do something. All right, we got to do. Yeah, I would just fucking get a beer. I'm thirsty. I need a beer and a cigarette. That's what my grandma says all the time. My grandma says doesn't say shit. Oh, she's pretty quiet. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> this is the cold, silent type. Huh? <laughs> All right, that's fucked up. It's beer time with Chip and James. One is a jerk and the other's insane. It's beer time with Chip and James. Which one will pull their dick out? Beer time. I'm trying to get out of here with doing as little as possible. Okay, so... Not that anybody can tell. <laughs> Are you fucking seeking into, sinking into depression? Yes, it comes and goes. It varies weekly. All right, somebody's going to have to explain this to me. What? Their words. There's letters, their vowels, consonants. In a certain pattern. Okay, what we have today is a P-O-G-I-P-A. Isn't that what we had last week? That is what we had last week. Okay, but this is a different one. This is from the Terrapin Brewing Company or in Athens, Georgia, called Luau. That is right. I didn't even notice that. Yeah. A P-O-G. Passion Fruit Orange Guava IPA. I guess that's a thing. Beer with natural flavors added. Yes. T-M. This is a <sighs> alcohol by volume is 6.5%. A 38 on the IBU scale. Tropical aromas of passion fruit, orange, and guava dominate the nose, while big, juicy hop flavors and smooth bitterness complement the balance of the beer. We are all about the big, juicy, juicy. hops. <laughs> I want to know. Wow, this COVID's really taking my smell away. Yep, it's wet. That's all I know. Are you really? You Yeah. Yeah, I can't smell or taste that at all. Oh, it smells very fruity. You can't smell that? No. You got the COVID? I think so. Really? Yeah. As of, as of right now. Why? Because I cannot smell or taste that. The fuck's happening to you? I don't know. I really couldn't smell or taste the lunch bowl I ate either. Really? Yeah. Do you think it has something to do with getting vaccinated? You can't taste <laughs> that, really? No. I guess I'm on my own in this one. Then. You're just going to get silly. I'm just going to... Okay. It smells very good. Okay. All right. <laughs> I'll take your word for it. How does it taste? Oh, it's a little harsh. Nah. It's got a good orange taste to it. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> These are one of my favorite beers. Terrapin? The, this is one of my all-day drinkers. This Terrapin? This yes. Particular Luau. One? Luau, yes. Okay, so what? Because I like the orange taste in it. All right. Well, look, I want to know. The other one was, the one last week was more guava than orange, I think. Yeah, I believe so, too. Yeah, because that's the first thing I noticed when I drank it, was the guava. This one's more citrusy. <clears throat> I want to know what's up with the Crunkles thing. Yeah, that's what I was just going to ask you. What the <laughs> fuck is up with Crunkles? <laughs> I was just looking at the can. It says, where in the world is Crunkles? I'm like, well, I don't fucking know. <laughs> I don't know who that is. I don't know either. Crunkles is back with another world-renowned IPA inspired by his time spent on the Hawaiian Islands. Okay, let's let's do this. For nine years, we've been tracking the story of Crunkles, the greatest IPA brewer that has ever lived. Oh, that's pretty bold. It all began in 2010 when Spike found a bottle washed up on a beach in the Caribbean. This sounds a lot like our show. Yeah. Uh, inside that bottle, there was a recipe for a black IPA signed Captain Crunkles. Spike and the Terrapin crew were intrigued. I wouldn't be intrigued. I'd be freaked out. Yeah. 
I'm a brewer and I just happen to find a fucking recipe on a beach in Hawaii. Come on. Yeah. Or the Caribbean. Who was he? What was his life's mission? Where was he from? Why did he send the bottle? But most importantly, were there more beer recipes? It was almost a year before they had found another recipe. This one in a cuckoo clock in the Black Forest signed Indiana Crunkles. I hate to say it, but this all sounds kind of made up. Yeah. This is, this is, uh, this is what happens when you let your wife help you with projects. Yes. That's exactly what happens. Why don't we, you know, if Paul was a good, uh, producer, he'd stop us from doing this shit. Paul was good at anything. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) What a piece of shit. (laughs) I don't mean it. (laughs) I don't mean it. Stop crying. Yeah. It's weird that every time he cries, he beats off. (laughs) God's lube. Every time it starts fucking. (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty good. I like it. (laughs) Paul's wife is going to fucking eventually start like listening to this show and not let him play with us anymore. He would have to untie her. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, we don't mean it. We're just kidding. We're just joking, Paul. It's all jokes, this whole show. We don't mean anything. (laughs) This is dry (laughs) heathen. Pretty good beer. It is. I like it. I like it when I'm mowing the yard. I can't get over the crunkles thing now. I just feel like they're lying to me. (laughs) It smells good, too. All right. So did Paul put together some emails for us this week? Some emails? You wanted to see, see emails? Is that what you're saying to me? Emails? I think so. <laughs> I think I want the fucking emails. Okay, well, we got a lot of them. How many you want to do? Uh, let's do... We do three. Three or four. Just whatever. I haven't even looked and seen how many there was. There are a bunch. Okay. Yeah, just pick three of them. I'll pick just, th- just three. Yeah. We'll just start with three. Okay. Three for sure. From Daniel in Smyrna, Georgia. Hey, dicks. Hit the show. Here's a question. If an African person is albino, are they considered white or black? Balderdash syndicate for life. I'll hang up and listen. I think Daniel's just trying to get us in trouble all the time. Yeah. If a black person is if, albino, if an African, if a if a person from Africa, uh, an African American, what did he say? <sighs> I don't know, but even if you're white in in Africa, you're still technically African. Yeah. Just like if you're. Hold on one more time. Daniel in Smyrna, Georgia. Hey, dicks, hit the show. Here's a question. I guess if an could. African person is albino, are they considered white or black? Balderdash syndicate for life. I'll hang up and listen. If an African person is albino. Yeah, you're still African. Yeah. Nice job, retard. I don't know. I don't oh, God, know. I said the R word. I don't understand his question. Next question. From here, Kitty Kitty in Chattanooga, Tennessee. As a frequent visitor of Cinema One in Chattown, and the partial reason why the theater is so sticky. I want to know why you guys like Cinema One so much. Why do you like Cinema One so much? I like the freedom to masturbate in public. Anywhere. Yeah. Anywhere. Just just standing there looking at magazines, jerking it. <sighs> They've got that, that team of Filipino mop boys that fucking just takes care of everything for you. And and the hot dog stand out front is pretty good. I'm more of a fan of like the shirts and <laughs> bumper stickers and... All that oh, stuff. It's also fun to take your kids and let them play around the. Yeah, uh, they get the they get that playground out back. I like Cinema One because it's family friendly. Yes, there we go. Yeah, there you go. Just games, toys, anything you can think of. Yeah, <laughs> it's fun for the whole family. It's got a really weird versions of Monopoly. <laughs> yeah. Okay, here we go. This one comes from John in Washington D.C. I'm a theater student studying improv. Do either of you have any improv training or practice being on stage in front of an audience? Obviously not. <laughs> have you ever been on stage in front of an audience? Me? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. but not by myself. With how many people? Like three or four. Oh. Well, no, no improv. Just not, not saying anything, really. Well, this whole show is pretty much improv. <laughs> uh, I was on stage in front of like three or four hundred people one time when I was in third grade. I was in chorus. Oh, yeah? Yeah. That is all. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, what makes me uncomfortable is the people that, and I see it a lot, especially now when everybody's got fucking <laughs> taking like YouTube videos of themselves and TikToks and shit. There's a segment of the population that just cannot not be in front of people. Like they need the attention. Need to be the center of attention. Yeah. Yes. That's not me. That is not me either. Yeah. 
I hope no one listens to this podcast. It fucking aggravates me whenever I see downloads. <laughs> My first thought, anytime anyone says like, hey, do you want to go to like a theme park? Do you want to go here? Anywhere where it's a setting where there's going to be a lot of people. Hey, do you want to go to the beach? You know what my immediate thought is? Yeah. I wonder how much it costs us to rent the whole place out for the whole day. <laughs> That's my looking at first thought with everything. Like, I wonder if I can just rent like a whole private section of the beach for like a week. <laughs> I oh. wonder how much it is to rent Six Flags just for like me and six people yeah. for an entire day. <laughs> Shit like that. Can't stand the thought of being around other people. It's disgusting. Yeah, it is. And it's not because I know I'm better better than other people. Oh, no. it's definitely, But it is. Yeah. But it 100% is. <laughs> it's not because I'm better than you. Yeah. It's, it's, but it is because I'm better yeah. than you. My house is on a hill for a reason. Because I can afford it. Yeah. <laughs> I like to see them coming. Yeah. I like to sit on my front porch and look down on the rest of you. <laughs> Want to do another one? Yeah. Let's do one more. Lucky number 13 from Davy Florida writes, So, yeah. I'm a teen in their first job. It's fast food and honestly, I hate it. I don't plan to stay there long. I only took the job to get experience under my belt and find jobs I might actually like. But what I sort of want to know is how long I should stay at my current job before trying for a different place. A few months? A year? How much experience is enough? Alright, best advice I can give you is quit right now. Yeah. And don't go apply at a carpet mill. Don't go apply at Walmart. Look for the weird jobs. Oh, I was going to say, you are never going to find a job you like. <laughs> no. Well, you might. But the thing is, is you got to find weird jobs. Get off of Indeed. Go find some little hole-in-the-wall spot that sells, like, handmade glass-blown butt plugs or some shit like that. Ooh, butt plug blower. Yeah, that'd be a good job. Yeah, like, get asked for jobs. You know, they're not going to have shit on Indeed. They might not even have a sign-up saying they're hiring. But you yeah. walk in those places and ask for a job. Yeah. That's where it's at. Yeah. That's how. That's what most of my jobs have been. You know, glass blown butt plugs, whatever. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of like how I, uh, I ended up with the dog training job. Yeah, kind of like that. You know, it's a weird fucking job. Never knew anything about it. Never worked in it before. But I'm glad I did it. I got a lot of experience. Made a lot of money. I've had uh, corporate jobs my whole life. I've hated them all. Yeah, it's yeah. And uh, and the new thing is like this kid's talking about like. How long do I have to stay before I go somewhere else? Like, do I have to fucking stay here? Because I already hate the fucking job. I want to go on doing yeah. something else. Well, yeah. just go on to something else. Yeah. It used to be our parents used to guilt you into if you filled out a resume and it said you had 20 fucking jobs in like, you know, five fucking years, people would be like, well, this is not a stable person. We're yeah. not hiring them. But it's a different world now because yep. corporations care less and less about employees and employees realize that. And they're like, hey, there's no loyalty to your fucking who you work yeah. for anymore, really. Yeah. But yeah, what you do is uh, just work through all of next week yeah. and take all your sick days at one time. Tell them you got fucking COVID or some shit. Yeah. And while you're taking your sick days, take like two whole days to yourself. Make it fun. Make it like uh, yeah. I got a fucking I get my dick is swollen i I can't can't fucking walk i can't come in my dick is swollen. well here's the thing is you got to realize that you're only 18 and if you're not if you're not like tied down with like serious responsibilities you don't have to do like anything you really don't my asshole is i can't make it in because my asshole's so big because you guys keep fucking me yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) and not paying me anything i'm calling out drunk today yeah (laughs) I'm just calling in because uh, I'm having a party tonight. I'm also calling out for tomorrow, too, because I'm going to be hungover. <laughs> yeah. I mean, just you just quit now. Just yeah. enjoy your life and uh, find weird jobs. Maybe even make your own weird job. Yeah. That's where it's at. Fucking weird jobs. Fucking weird job. This is a weird job. Yeah, well. Get on here and talk about dicks and how big our assholes are. And Yep. <laughs> we try to solve issues with race, race relations, and it's uh, it's pretty weird. I can't believe we keep doing this. <laughs> uh, I'm going to do another one. Okay. Mike from Chattanooga, Tennessee asks, Hello, fellow BSers. I will be heading to Florida soon for vacation because they have apparently cured the COVID. And I was wondering, do people hide their bonus at nudist beaches? Or is everyone just okay with it? I think you're more the expert on this. I haven't, I haven't, uh, I don't know. If you're on a beach with a bunch of naked people, for one thing, the people that you find on a nude beach are not the people you want to find on a nude beach. Yes, I've heard that too. Yeah, they're fucking, they're old leathery fucking motherfuckers. And I don't know that you're going to get a boner. I mean, you might, but. 
Okay. So <laughs> what what happened? Um so I Googled should you hide your erection on a nude beach? Uh-huh. And What's the etiquette? It, there, this is something completely different. The first thing that popped up, and I clicked on it because I thought I'd get an answer. It says, if you're a nudist and have kids, should you hide your erection or do nothing about it and continue on with the day? Oh, nudists definitely don't <laughs> give a fuck. They don't even address it. Oh, no, maybe they do. Maybe they overly address it because they want their kids to be comfortable with their own bodies. It's still fucked up to be in the way I think about it. To be a nudist and have kids, and you just walk around the house naked, hanging out with your kids. I'm a nudist <laughs> in my own house. Yeah, alone with your dog. Uh, yeah, my dog doesn't give a shit about my her. Boner. Junk's always hanging. Out. Yeah, so is mine. We're cool with it. But this dude answered it and said, "Well, I'm not 14, so I'm not inappropriate, inappropriately aroused in social situations. <laughs> just when I'm around kids. <laughs> <laughs> no. And he says the only time I've ever seen a man with an erection in a social setting like that around he, other nudists, he needed a place to put his hat. <laughs> <laughs> he, he was hanging his keys on it. No, he said that he had drank too much and passed out, laid on his back. And he just had a boner. And we all started fucking throwing hoops at it. He <laughs> turned it like into a drinking you. game. <laughs> well, so what? So do you hide your erection or no? Do I hide my erection? On a nude beach. No, I fucking, I do the most interesting man in the world. Just stand there with my hands on my hips and fucking walk up to people. Fucking, hey, so hey. how's your day going? Yeah, and you use it to point at stuff down the beach. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was walking from down that way. If you're going to fucking, if you're going to do uh, some kind of a party foul, you should never apologize. You should totally lean into it. There you go. Yeah. Like, lean into it. Yeah. My wife said, I don't want to have any kids. Two kids. Really got to lean into. <laughs> Let's go for another one. Okay, these are good. I like these. Good questions from Pumpkin Spice Piggy in Calhoun, Georgia. Okay, so this is a weird one, but hear me out. The context: I was super gluing some things a while ago, and the tube split and got a ton of glue on my finger. I was grumpy because I just did my nails and would need to use acetone to get the glue off, which would ruin my polish. My husband said. Just spit on your hands and it'll get rid of the glue. Um, I said, no, it won't. So he leaned over and spit on my finger and rubbed the dried glue right off. Now we get to talking. Apparently his saliva dissolves glue, sticky things, etc. Sometimes he gets sores in his mouth if he falls asleep too soon after eating because his saliva burns his mouth insides. I don't know much about saliva, but I've been alive a few decades and I've never had my spit burn my mouth. I insist he asks the doctor. He says his saliva is normal. So, is my saliva terrible or does my husband have exit spit? I don't want your husband to give me a blowjob. No. Yeah. Me neither. Especially after you like just freshly shaved down there. Yeah. It could be bad. All those open pores. I've never heard of that. What, shaving down there? No. Uh, yeah, no. <laughs> my- I know when you wear sweatpants, you got this giant bowl. Yeah. I like to put glasses on the top of my dick and pretend I'm a 70s porn star. And just big old fucking afro. Is that a perm? <laughs> you put uh, your curlers in before you go to bed? I, I ask everybody I know if they can fucking do cornrows. <laughs> you know how to do cornrows? I got an issue. I don't want to, I don't want to get any razor stubble, so I just fucking let that shit go. Yeah. Yeah, I've never heard of uh, acidic saliva. Yeah, me neither. It sounds like something I'd tell my wife, though. Yeah, I'm sorry. I can't, I can't tonight. I gotta. I tell her a lot of stuff. I need to stop. She's starting to catch on to some of the stuff I've told her in the past. What causes acidic saliva? Uh, bacteria in your mouth break down the carbohydrates <laughs> that you consume, releasing lactic acid, burotic acid, and aspartic acid. It lowers the pH level of your saliva. Also, age may play a role. Adults tend to have more acidic alize, uh, uh, Eliza. saliva. Whatever the fuck. Saliza? Yeah, whatever he said. Saliva. <laughs> <laughs> whatever the fuck that was. Oh, yeah, it's a thing. But I guess the doctor didn't uh, didn't have Google. I guess not. <laughs> You're normal. Your husband is not. Don't let him go down on you because that could be bad. You'd save a lot of money on Nair, though. You just yeah, like, spit okay. it on your hand. I'm pretty sure it'd get rid of your yeast infection. <laughs> <laughs> you want to know, know the worst thing I ever said to my mom? <laughs> Speaking of yeast infections, 
So, I was a little kid when that movie, Me, Myself, and Irene came out. Uh-huh. Jim Carrey. Yeah. And you know, when he goes in the grocery store and the chicken in front of him is buying the Vagisil, and he says, ooh, a little extra cheese on the taco. <laughs> so, I'm probably like, I don't know, 10, 11 years old. <laughs> and me and my mom and my new stepdad are going into the grocery store. Fucking new stepdad. Yeah. And she said, oh, hey, can you hand me that stuff? And he picks it up, and I see what it is. And as I'm getting out of the back seat, he reaches over in the cup holder and gets out this thing and hands it to her. And I saw what it was. And by now, like, I'm walking beside my mom and she's putting it, like, in her pocket or in her purse or some shit. And he's on the other side of her. And I said, what is that? She said, Vagisil. I said, oh, a little extra cheese on the taco. (laughs) (laughs) And she was like, what the fuck did you just say to me? (laughs) It must have done just losing it. (laughs) (sighs) Good stuff. Thank you, Jim Carrey. Good stuff. <laughs> I've said a lot of stuff to my mom. One yeah. time we were in the car, and I remember doing it. was really funny. So the way I was raised by my mom was kind of just like you're open about everything. You talk about anything. It doesn't matter what it is. You can always say whatever you want to say. Right. And uh, like within reason. So and the type of work that she's done, like sex has always been something that was like easy to talk about, I uh-huh. guess. And uh, so one day we're in the car. In case you don't know, you can go back to, I think it's episode three where Chip talks about his mom's a sex worker. Go on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Episode three. <laughs> so, so we're driving down the road. I said, hey, mom. I said, uh, you want to hear about this game that me and my buddy Austin have been playing? And she's like, yeah, sure. And I'm like, okay. So me and my buddy have been, play- been playing this game where we could see who could masturbate the most in one day. <laughs> And she's driving. She's like, yeah. Just like steering. Just like, yeah, sure. What's going on? And then I say that. And she's like, (laughs) and she's like, um, yeah. Okay. Uh, so how, how many times are you up to? I'm like, I'm up to like nine times. (laughs) She's like, yeah, I think you should probably stop. (laughs) I think that's enough. (laughs) And she was pretty, she was pretty freaked out by it. I thought it was funny though. Okay. So have you ever heard of Concho? Concho? Yeah. <laughs> okay, it's also called Bonga Bonga. All right. Uh this is what it is. Is you take your you clasp your hands together in the shape of an imaginary gun. Uh-huh. And then what you do is you run up. It's a it's a uh, I guess it's Korean or Asian, Japanese. The slang word concho is the slang word for anima. Okay. You take a, take your fingers like this and you run up and you try to poke your friend in his anus. Okay. In his butthole. Butthole is a word that needs to come back, by the way. I yeah. like the word butthole. I do too. You're a butthole. It's a, it's an Asian thing where like they just run around poking, poking each other in the asshole. Yeah. Yeah. Like through your pants? Through your pants. Yeah. If I could, well, okay. sometimes, I guess. Me and my buddies just do that. Did you? Yeah. Wonder why? Wonder what's like? What is the thing? Like just uh, playing with somebody's? I don't know. Asshole. Oh, okay. well, we wouldn't like use our. We wouldn't really use our hands. We'd use like a pen or a marker or a pencil. Uh, you just walk by someone and just poke him, <laughs> poke <laughs> him in the butthole. Yeah. Just wake him up. Speaking of man in Nashville, Tennessee. Since it's almost April first, what are some safe and harmless pranks to pull on people in quarantine and not necessarily in person? Oh. And quarantine and not in person. Concho is a good prank. <laughs> yeah, not in person, though. Something you can pull not in person? Yeah. Oh, During quarantine. Oh, you have weird shit delivered <clears throat> to fucking people. Yeah, that's probably what it is. Yeah. Now yeah, they've got websites where they'll, like, deliver dog shit or the glitter bombs or... Yeah, all that stuff. Those are those are pretty good. Or you uh, buy them a gift certificate for a spa and have it sent to them. <laughs> <laughs> you have a... Uh, you have a cake decorated with something like fucking happy menstruation or... Yeah, or a butthole. Yeah. There you go. I'm trying to think of what a good one would be. I don't know. You could saran wrap their entire car. Okay, so what, here's some shit that we've done. Uh, we had a guy, he was a receiving clerk at this company I worked for, and he was in the middle of the warehouse in like a chain link cage. Mm-hmm. And all of his paperwork and shit was in there. And he was a real dick. He was constantly giving everybody shit. So we took, you know what tripe is? Yeah. So we pulled out the it's bottom. Intestines, right? Uh, it's uh, stomach. Line, stomach, line, stomach, yeah. stomach. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So 
you take it's like cow stomach. Yeah. We took some tripe. We pulled out the bottom <laughs> drawer of his file cabinet and stuck it underneath the bottom drawer oh, of the file cabinet. God. Yeah. And it got so bad to where he could he couldn't stay in the cage without like vomiting. He was like uh, the whole day because it was sunk so bad. But it took uh. a few days to get there. We also filled his cage up every square inch of it. Oh, super glued his phone down <laughs> so he couldn't fucking answer the phone. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. Uh, and filled the entire cage up. And it's a, it's probably like a 10 by 10 cage. And then it's probably like eight feet tall with banana boxes filled with shit that was being returned to the warehouse. Like like dented cans, fucking boxes and shit like that from the grocery store. Yeah. From floor to fucking ceiling. So when he went in to go to work, he had to pull all that shit out to fucking even be able to start his day. <laughs> um, there's the old cellophane on the toilet. That's a good one. Yeah. That's a really good one. There's the upper decker. What's this, the upper decker? That's where you shit in the top part of the toilet. (laughs) (laughs) So every time you flush the water, it's just continually shit water. (laughs) That's so bad. Yeah, that's that's something you do at like a party. So like for months afterwards. All right. Well, I'm getting the fuck out of here. This has been a lot. Yeah. (laughs) There's a lot to take in. So do a quick recap. Okay. So Merle Haggard. Yeah. Really don't remember what we talked about after that. Uh, Terrapin beer. Luau. Terrible country music. Crunkies. Crunkles. 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 Crunkies are dudes that dress like clowns and dance violently. Country music isn't real anymore. No. And um, that's pretty much all I remember. I don't don't remember much. Special massage, nudist speech. uh, Do you or don't you hide your boner from your kids? Uh, And acid spit. Yeah, acid spit blowjobs. Yeah. For some reason, fucking... There's an Asian dude reading our emails now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I really didn't even think to ask about that. <laughs> wow, okay. I like how I just accepted that was a thing. Now, with no questions asked. I didn't even think about it. It's been a long week. <laughs> it's been so long. We completely changed the whole segment of the show and I had no fucking idea. That shows you how involved I am. I think next week we try an English guy. An English guy? <laughs> yeah, it sounds... Amazing. We should get Ellen DeGeneres to read him. I gotta, I gotta be honest with you. Half I, of what he was saying you couldn't understand. Yes, he was really fucking... His yeah. accent was super thick. We appreciate your effort and your hard work. And we know we know that you want to know what we're doing. <laughs> but, but no. He, in between fucking doing, doing voiceover shit and playing Concho, he's fucking... <laughs> Yeah. Getting harassed by our fucking podcast. I'm going to bring that game back. We're going to start playing that. Not here. Oh, yes, we are. You always wear jeans and I always wear sweatpants and <laughs> scrubs shorts. and shit. <laughs> That's not going to be fair. That's why. I'm afraid to have stuff in my butt, so I'll wear jeans. It's a real fear. You don't worry about that? Having things in my butt? Mm-hmm. Or accidentally sitting on something and going in your butt or anything like that? No. Really? I've been around for a while. I haven't had nothing in my butt yet. I uh, I won't set bottles of soap on the floor in the shower. In case you slip and fall and end up with a bottle of soap up your butt. My mom used to be an ER nurse, and she told me a story when I was a kid. Oh, Jesus. About, this, what, <laughs> about this man came in with a potato stuck in his ass. At what point does your mom start paying for your therapy? <laughs> <laughs> I think she did like one time. <laughs> She's like, God, this is bullshit. They just blamed everything on me and fucking. Yeah. But she said this dude came in with a potato stuck in his ass, and he said that he was standing on his dining room table or on his kitchen table, changing a light bulb, and he slipped and fell. Yeah, in this potato. Got to come up ass. with something. Yeah, I have a. I, I this dude was. Uh, and she was like, "Okay, was your asshole lubed up, or was the potato lubed up when you fell on it?" Yeah, he goes. Uh, there was a there was a dude that um, he had a sailboat. And he was docked in the marina and went into town. And there was these Russians that had a houseboat, right? Mm-hmm. So while they were gone, these Russians were fucking like had spent the whole weekend, I guess, getting fucking shit hammered in this little bay. Yeah. And their line came, their, their their anchor came loose and they started floating fucking downstream and hitting fucking boats on the way out. Oh, shit. So what they did was they took my friend, they took a knife and they cut my friend's fucking anchor line and then tried to blame it all on him. Nice. Saying like, oh yeah, your boat came loose and just started fucking everything up. And he's well, how the fuck did my boat go up fucking stream yeah. against the fucking current and take out all these fucking boats, you know? Yeah. It was bullshit. And plus he had another friend that was on another boat that saw them do it. But. That's fucking crazy. That's the equivalent of having a. Potato stuck up your ass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's the same thing. Yeah. 
Same What's thing. the difference? Yeah. You're just fucking trying to blame it on something that's not yeah. true. Let's get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Bye, guys. Later on. is ruining the show.